Money in itself is not inherently good or bad. It's the meaning that we as humans choose to attach yeah. to it. When you recognize that, you can actually then start to change how you behave with it. I'm a massive believer that money is an amplifier. So it's just going to amplify more of who you are as a person. You really need to understand and get to know why you want money. People think that money is practical, logical, numbers, mm. math, spreadsheet. But actually, money is really emotional. And it's the emotion that drives the behavior. How you spend £10 is how you spend £10,000. So mm. if you can't get good financial habits in place with a small amount of money if you have more money you're gonna find a way to spend it so it's not what you have it's how you feel about what you have and the emotion behind that your money beliefs are usually set by the age of seven so by the time you kind of get to an adult those things are so set in stone however they can change the way you kind of reprogram your subconscious or change your beliefs about money is changing your you're not defined by where you, where you come from. Yeah. And I think that's a big message I always yeah. want to tell people like. Like you have to be able to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like be comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you grow up in ends, you don't realise it when you're confident, but you have an audacity to do things that ordinarily most people wouldn't fit into. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've got special guests in the building. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing? I am good. We were talking a lot about like, I love, I didn't know that you love business as much as I do, but I feel like you might love business as I much as I do. So we were having a conversation about that. Um, so how we love to start the podcast is we like to give a bit of a brief. I don't do the brief of a person anymore. I think it's always nice to to hear from them. So who, tell the people who Laura is. Who is Laura not? No, joking. <laughs> so Laura is a money mindset expert and a financial well-being speaker, educator, podcast host. Mm -hmm. I, I never feel like there's enough like time for me to get through everything yeah. I do. Um, but yeah, <laughs> everything to do with like financial well-being and growing wealth. My whole thing is around like helping people to get financially confident and build wealth. Mm -hmm. Love that. Wow. Is that who you are though? I'm gonna oh, hit you. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit you back with that. I mean, technically, if we're getting spiritual, who I am is not my job. It's not where I live. It's who I am in my soul. I love that. I love that. So, okay. So, were you born in the UK? I was born in the you UK. Was. Whereabouts did you? Where, whereabouts were you born? Was it so, London, anywhere else? No, so I was born mm. in Stevenage, which is okay. in Hertfordshire. Yeah, Stevenage is it. like the chavy town of Hertfordshire, which is like okay. the last county. Is it? Yeah. Okay. We had like the highest cool. teenage pregnancy rate in the UK. I did point. not know that. Yeah. Oh my God. I skipped the statistic. <laughs> <laughs> and did you grow up in Stevenage? Grew up in Stevenage, yeah. Wow. Grew up in Stevenage till I was like 22, 23. Okay. Went to Australia. Did you? Seven, I did not months. know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. wow. So like all schooled there, like same house my whole life with my, my family. In, in Stevenage? In Stevenage. Oh, right. And wow. then quit my job to go to Australia for seven, eight months and then came okay. back lived in Stevenage for a bit and then moved wow. to London like five years ago. Wow. Okay, so let, let's talk about Stevenage for a bit. What was it like growing up there? Because you said, you said teenage pregnancy. What was that about? It's, yeah. uh, you know Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. He's from Stevenage. And one, Is he? Yeah, one time. Okay. That's my claim to fame. And uh, <laughs> one time he called Stevenage the slums. <laughs> Did he? He yeah. said in the slums. Yeah, he called it the slums. He was like, I'm from the slums. <laughs> and like people lost their shit. But I was like, were no, people coming to visit because of that? I don't Probably know. not. No, nah. there's not much to see. We yeah. did have the first ever old town, like old town and new town. So that's okay. cool. Um, I mean, it was. I mean, look, there's there's 
I wouldn't say it was necessarily like unsafe or mm. like, you know, but it also wasn't a posh town. It was just very mm. middle of the road. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was all okay. right. It was all right. Yeah, it was Did all right. Did you enjoy living, like, growing um, up there, living there? Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, mm. now I live in London. Mm. Obviously, I love London. I'm I, At the moment, yeah. and I know I'm not always like this, but, like, right now, I'm, like, city girl, living my best life. <laughs> but Stevenage is... I mean, I guess I was quite lucky that Stevenage, mm. you know, you've got... There was stuff to do. Mm. Like, we had a nightclub. We had restaurants. Okay. that's good. Like, yeah. we had... It was a town. Like, yeah. we had things to do. Wow. Um... But I was ready to like to get out of there. You were ready to get out, I was like, it, and that's why you went to Australia. So I went to Australia. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. What were you doing um, in Australia? I just was like, basically, I saved up fifteen grand. Wow. When I was nineteen. That's a lot of money to save. Yeah. Like. When oh I got my, my first god. Time, yeah. When I, I actually deeped it at nineteen, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it started at nineteen, and by like yeah. twenty-one, twenty-two, I got wow. fifteen grand because I was going to go to drama school. Mm -hmm. And then, literally two weeks before I started drama school, my best friends were like, "We're going to go to Australia. Do you want to come?" And I was like. Yes, I do. Wow. So we, we moved out there. We lived in Sydney for three months. Then we did the East Coast for mm. a couple of weeks. And we went to Bali, Thailand, Cambodia, wow, Malaysia. Went back and did Melbourne and then did a bit of New Zealand. Wow. So I was gone for like eight months or wow. so. Wow. What was the experience like? I mean, do you regret it or not? Absolutely not. Yeah. It was it was like the complete, op like, it was the best thing I could have ever done. It's mm. to this day still one of the best decisions I've made mm. in my life. I wow. think because... Now I look back, I realised as much as I love acting, mm. it's such a crazy world. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's not for the faint-hearted. Mm. And I think as much as I love it, my heart wasn't in it to make it a career. So okay. the fact that like the way it panned out and the fact mm. it was just, like it was just before the cutoff point of mm. me not being able to say no to drama school. Like mm. I was still in that in-between bit where mm. I could pull out and I could defer. Yeah. And whilst I was away, I was like, do you know what? Maybe that acting life full-time mm. isn't for me and mm. it pushed me into this career. So it's okay. kind of like everything happens for a reason. And I spent the full 15 grand. I was like, <laughs> you make sure to like everything. Yeah. I was like, let's rinse it. Because I didn't want to get a job whilst I was out there. Yeah. I was literally just living my best life. Oh my gosh. What was some of the cool things that you kind of did whilst you were out there? Skydived. Well, you and did it? Did oh it. My God. The, do you know the, what the funniest thing about this mm. story, right, is there's four of us. Mm. Two of us wanted to skydive. Two of us wanted to scuba dive. Mm. I wanted to scuba dive. And um, the girl that wanted to scuba dive mm. and didn't want to skydive, it was more because of finances, not because she didn't want to do it. Okay. She called her parents and her parents were like, look, wow. we'll pay for it. So now yeah. it's 3v1. Mm. They're all going to skydive. And they were like, look, if you don't do it, you're going to have to wait at the bottom for hours and you can just take pictures of us. And I was like, I got really bad FOMO. I, yeah. like, I don't want to miss out. <laughs> but I was so scared of heights. I cried when I booked it. Oh my God. I was sat in a in like a Peter Pan, which is yeah. like a travel agent, sat there. The lady's like, right, you know, that's $300 each. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> She, and this lady was like, is she okay? And my friends were like, she's really scared of heights. <laughs> and you go up like 14,000 feet. Yeah. Wild. So yeah, skydived, scuba dived. Wow. Um, yeah, we did loads of cool stuff. We did like mm. a lot of like cultural stuff when we were in Asia. Mm. Um, but Australia like was just like, Australia was just like having fun. Yeah. Beaches. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that you did that. That's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's incredible. And I guess, you know, whilst you were out there, I guess, because they say like traveling, you know, it opens your eyes to a lot of things. What, what do you feel like yeah. it opened your, your eyes to? So I think I learned the power of money for sure. Like to be able, it, that was like the start, right? But to be able to make the decision within a week mm. to go, yeah, I'm going to go traveling. Mm. And, you know, that was September. We flew in December. But I was like, that's so powerful. Like yeah. because I had that money saved. 
But when I was then there and I got to like enjoy spending money, I yeah. think I learned a lot about myself and like not doing things just because it's like cool, not doing things just for the gram. Not, you know, there were so many things that we didn't do whilst we were away. Like we got to Bali, for example. And, you know, you go to Bali, there's certain places you go. Mm. You go to Gilly Tees, you go up this like big hike thing. Mm. But we were so tired from traveling the East Coast that we were like, should we just spend the week like chilling at the hostel? It was a really cute hostel. Like we had a nice time, but we just listened to what we wanted to do in that moment. And I think it really taught me the power of listening to your body, listening to what you want to do and like doing things that you want. Yeah. Um, And also it made me just hungry for more travel. I was like, I want to see it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like it gave you a lot of freedom and I feel like that's what money does. And I feel like maybe we'll discover it as we go in this conversation. So, okay. So you got back from Australia um, you said you didn't end up going back to acting school. So what what do you end up doing after that? So whilst I was away, my boss mm. was like, please come back. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, so good at my job. <laughs> um, so he was like, do you want to like come back? We'll give you a pay rise. We'll give mm. you a promotion. Like I ended up um, stepping into like a BDM role. So like mm. a sales role. Okay. Drive Had a company car, drove around the country, like pitching, doing all that kind of good stuff. Wow. And... I knew that I would move to London. I knew that that was like next step. Me and the yeah. girls had spoken about it. And it was just like, get my head down, save some money, mm. move to London. Yeah. And there was still a part of me that was like, maybe I'll have an acting career, yeah. but I will just do it like not, in. I won't do it through drama school. I'll just do it by getting an agent and that yeah. kind of thing. It was like that classic thing of, you know, when people like move to LA and they're mm. like, I'm going to become a star. But then they end up like having to work yeah. a lot alongside it. It was kind of that. I was like, I'll just go to London and I'll just, I'll just mm. probably like, meet bump into someone that will like hire me in a show do you know what I mean (laughs) but um yes I got my job saved when I was 25 um saved another 25 grand okay wow you're saving 40 grand yeah some people ain't even done that yet (laughs) yeah that's my yeah we're gonna need to hear tips on how you did that but yeah go on (laughs) yeah then then moved to London okay and then and then then fell it like fell into like carved this career out so it was literally like I worked for the same company basically from school Mm. until like I moved oh, to London really? um, okay. and my boss was re- I was really lucky like my boss mm. was really supportive we're still friends now and mm. when I moved I was like yo I'm done mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the big smoke mm. you know and he was like mm, you sure you don't just want to like work from yeah. home and that was in 2017 before yeah. COVID so basically I was working from home before it's cool ah, okay. when people weren't doing it Okay. and I was like oh, this is kind of novelty yeah, yeah. so I, I I slowly transitioned out of that job okay. whilst I was building my business wow 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 that's that's so interesting. So I'm, I'm wondering, how comes you decided not to go to acting school and not uni either? It sounded like you didn't go to uni. Either, yeah, I didn't right? go to yeah. uni. So basically, like, I, I am, I am, I would say I'm quite academic. Like, I got really mm. good grades. Mm. <laughs> Not to blow my own trouble. <laughs> I did. I got good grades. And teachers mm. were like, why are you not going to university? Mm. And I was like, for me, at the time, the only thing I wanted to do was act. Okay. Like, I... I had an interest in other subjects, but like I was obsessed with acting, like mm. drama, all of the things. And I did drama at the weekends and I was like, this is my life. So the decision to not go to uni made sense. Because if you go to uni to do drama, like it's all theory. Yeah, it's not that's like, a bit. Yes. That's how I feel. <laughs> so then I'm like, right, it's got to be drama school. Yeah. And then I think during, you know, those years of being mm. like 19 to 22, where I saved that 15 grand, first of all, golden handcuffs, you mm. know, 
you get you're getting paid a nice salary and I would have yeah. been taking a major financial step back to mm. so I'd moved to London. I to be honest, it wouldn't have worked because mm. I saved fifteen grand, but it was fifteen grand a year. Yeah. Not just for tuition. Mm. And you don't get you can't get a loan for Fair it. Fair enough. Like what I would have given that fifteen grand over and then what? Like yeah. slept in the drama school. <laughs> <laughs> Like not eaten. <laughs> I yeah. had no I did I hadn't thought it through. Drama school's fifteen grand a year. Yeah. Now wow. you can get um they're, they're well they're attached to universities, so okay. you can get normal student loans. Oh really? You couldn't at the time. Oh you couldn't. Ago. Ah. So it's changed quite recently. Wow. So you had to find some way to yeah. finance it, yeah. otherwise have rich parents, parents yeah. or loans or work it off. Mm-hmm. Or get like a Dada, which is called a, da- a Dance and Drama Award, which is like, you're talented, but you yeah. can't afford it. So we'll pay for you. Okay, wow. <laughs> I did not get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I, I, I don't regret my decision at yeah. all. The biggest thing for me was letting go of the identity of being an, an actress. Mm. You know, I'd go to a party, house mm. party, whoop, whoop. And my friends would be like, this is Laura, like, she's, she wants to be an actress, like, she's going to be on telly. So mm. to let go of that was mm. like losing a piece of myself. Yeah. And I think as a 22, 23-year-old, like... That was quite a big decision for mm. me to make at that point and yeah. stick to it because I could have just gone at it for years and in my soul being like, you know, I don't mm. want this, but I've wanted it for 10 years where I was just like, mm, I don't think it's for me anymore. It was that kind of energy. Okay. I love that. I love that, that you decided to, what do they say, change course yes. at the right time. Yeah. Okay. So obviously still working. And then how did you, how did you discover this part of you, let's say, this part of you where you wanted to go online and start talking about money so i think like so what i remember really there was a really key day when i was in australia i was in sydney and one of my best friends beth who i was with she had a day off and we like went to some random park and i just remember saying to her i don't think when i get home i want to go to drama school and she was like okay well like what do you want to do and i'd always wanted to be like one part of that is i love video i was i think i want to be a youtuber and she was like okay okay but i just (laughs) But I was like, I don't know what about, and I don't know really like yeah. anything. And this was like 10 years ago. So I think it was like the classic YouTuber days. Do you know what I mean? Like Zoe Ella and people like that. And I was like, okay, well, what what else, what, what, what would it look like? So we ended up having this like brainstormy day and I had my little, like, I've still got the notepad where I like mapped out and I was like, well, maybe instead of a, a video vlog, I'll just do a blog because it's a, li- it's a bit easier. Mm. Um, but the categories were travel, yoga, beauty fashion i was not fashionable mm. and money okay because i was like these are all and food mm. so i was like i had like six categories so i like came home my in the business that i was working in mm. the designer that worked there we were really good friends and he was like i'll build your web, wordpress site for free like mm. it's all good set it up set it up in like 2018 and every time i sat down to write a blog i always wrote a blog about money okay it was so i just it, i was just had this pull to it and obviously mm. i i had saved 15 grand. So I just had this like, I think I've got some skills in the area. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, "Mm." and I would just write all the different, I don't know. I just, I just was always writing about money and it kind of, I remember one day I was like, I think maybe I should just talk about money. Mm. And then that was 2019. And then kind of just took off there really. Wow. It was one of those things where I just listened to like, I just followed the little bits of curiosity and I'd never, Mm. I genuinely had never planned for it to be my career. I was going to just do it on the side until I Mm. found what I wanted to do. Okay. Wow. And here we are. Yeah. I was going to ask you actually, this 15 grand, what, like, what kind of prompted you to say? Because most people just spend all of it. What makes, what made you save at such a young age? 
It was honestly the motivation of going at the time it was the motivation of going to drama school okay i was like ah, that so was the goal. okay yeah and i was i honestly thought i was going to be like kate winslet in titanic 2 ah. i don't know how that would actually work but that's honestly what i thought <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that thought though yeah right and then i just okay so that's what that was the emotional pull and yeah. also i came from a family that really didn't have a lot of money mm. and i think that sent me the other way okay i was like i don't want to be like that i don't yeah. want to be like my dad and the way yeah. that he is so it made me mm. be like yeah, you want to like I was total stash, yeah. yeah, stashed it, stashing cash. Yeah, wow, at such a young age, mm. it's crazy. Like when you don't have something, you want a lot of that something. I know <laughs> it's crazy, like yeah. what it could do for you. Wow, yeah. and I think wow. like at the time I was working in a job where like I was doing account, I was an account exec, so mm -hmm. I was like on spreadsheets, looking at numbers. Yeah. I had a. A relationship with money from that age. Mm. So all my friends are at uni. You know, they they're working off their loans. They're like partying. They're studying. Yeah. But I was like, it was a full, like proper full time job. Mm. Like every day, nine to five. I'm on spreadsheets. I'm on systems. And I don't know. I just think I do think that helped because mm. I just got really comfortable with numbers. Yeah. Not caveat to that. Not that you have to be comfortable with numbers to be good at money. But I think for me, mm. that was my. Okay. my in because I had my, made a little yeah. spreadsheet which was my yeah. monthly planner which to, to this day the one yeah. that you can download freebie from my website okay. is the same okay. one it's the same wow. one so it's wow. how I saved the 40 grand wow actually you know what let's stay on this topic because I actually had a few few questions um, about this like I guess have you always been comfortable talking about money um no, no. I don't no I don't think so so when I saved that 15 grand I kept it a secret from everybody. No Did one, you? yeah, no one knew how much Why? I would save it. I don't know. I think I just felt this sounds really like funny to say, but I felt a shame around or guilt maybe mm. around the fact that I was being good with my money. You okay. know, <sighs> The, the way that my friends found out is they knew I had money. They knew I had savings. They mm. asked me to come to Australia. I obviously was like, yep, let's go. It wasn't until we'd done the whole trip and maybe a couple of months after, one of my friends was like, how much did you actually have saved? And I was like, 15 grand. I was like, and I was like, I think I just felt, I don't know. I, I can't really put my finger on it. I just, at the time, I felt a bit embarrassed mm. by it. Okay. It's that thing of like, if you, if when you're trying to better yourself, mm. being really conscious of who you tell. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that there are people who, especially sm small town mentality, mm. are a bit like, yeah, you think you're. You think you're better than everyone. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, I'm just trying to save yeah. money. <laughs> That's crazy because I've got I've, I've got a few questions that I definitely want to talk on about that. Um, that's crazy. That's so interesting. Yeah, and that I think you felt guilty. Yeah, yeah, I felt, I, yeah. I would say it's like sort of guilt, embarrassment, mm. maybe. Yeah. Um. Now. Talk about it. All you don't the time. care. <laughs> I do not care. Talk about it all the time <laughs> with my friends, with my family. But at the time, it was yeah, it was a no no. Yeah. How how did you do? You think because you're doing what you're doing now, that's what's made you comfortable talking about money. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Because yeah. like when I lived with my old housemates, um, and we started, and mm. we'd already kind of had the conversation. They were like, "Oh my god, just say fifteen grand, blah blah blah." When we started to have conversations as a house. Mm. You know, oh, you got promotion. Did you get a pay rise? Oh, do you feel like you're being paid fairly? Da, 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 da. And we helped each other like get yeah. pay rises. And we, we yeah. spoke about it so openly as a three in the house. And then it was also slowly on the side mm. becoming my job. It just made it so much like 
the more you do it, the more you're like, yeah. of course I should talk about this. Like it's helping me and I know mm. that it's helping other people. So yeah, I definitely think that doing this for sure has a big impact. I love that. Wow. I love that. <laughs> so um, I guess in your day to day, what does that look like? So obviously you mentioned, you know, money mind expert, financial wellbeing speaker, money coach. What does that like look like for you? So... Yeah, so as a money coach, you do like one-to-ones, mm-hmm. um, which is all focused specifically on helping people with their relationship with money. Yeah. So like the difference, like to highlight, the difference between an advisor mm. and a coach is an advisor is going to take your situation and they're going to recommend you like specific products mm. sp- with specific companies, different financial services, most of the time they get commission based on that. Yeah. You've got different affiliates. Yeah. And it's very practical. It's really focused on like, I know what you've got and this is what you can have. And and there's some responsibility involved. Yeah. Whereas as a coach, your aim is to educate and empower people to make their own decisions. Mm. You show all the options mm-hmm. and you're like, based on your life and what you want, which one of these feels, mm. feels good. And over time they build the confidence to make those decisions themselves. Okay. So it's more like, it's guidance and it's yeah. you know it's, it's i say it's a bit like it's like financial therapy mm. or it's like having a financial personal trainer yeah. um so yeah like one-to-ones i do um i do a lot of workshops for corporate mm-hmm. so i'll go in to financial well-being talks to employees i do a lot of talks and events mm-hmm. that's my favorite stuff to do like i'm on a lot of panels I do yeah. podcasts yeah i've seen that yeah i've yeah. seen a lot of events yeah 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 oh yeah shout out your podcast as well by the way yeah and i have out. a podcast yeah. called mind money soul yeah. amazing <laughs> um which i love i love yeah. doing it basically anything that involves me talking <laughs> i'm like sign me up um, kind of acting but in a different in a different way it's way performing. yes, yes. It's performing. in a different so way then, yeah yeah but yeah so the job is very varied like, yeah. and i do a lot of content yeah. um and like brand deals that's another way that's yeah. another part of my job but yeah the, the money coaching part is is all about your relationship mm. with money so it's a combination of like money with rela- relationship with money and education yeah yeah how's it been for you we talked about it a little bit offline and you kind of alluded to it a bit like you kind of slowly started part-time is that fair to say and then you went full-time last year yeah how's that how's that been for you how are you finding it yeah good both like the the highs are higher and the lows are lower Mm. but saying that and you know i've got i have a very good relationship with my old boss Mm. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't feel fulfilled at my old job. I was just like, I have always felt like I've been destined to help people. Like I look, I've got journals since I was like 18. Mm. Um, And you look through them and the theme is like me wanting to help people. I'm always like, I know that I'll just do something helping people. And the job that I had at the time wasn't helping people. It was just helping businesses make more money. And it just didn't feel aligned. So even though I was good at it and I had a stable income, it was not lighting up mm. my soul. And I think now that I run my own business and I have the flexibility and the freedom to do what I want, If sometimes I'll work a week where I'm working seven days and then sometimes I'll work like three days. Like it's mm. so all over the place, mm. but I love it. Yeah. And I would not you change enjoy it. that. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> I love the freedom of being like, I'm going to wake up and go to yoga and I'm going to start yeah. my day at midday. And then I like waking up and going, I'm going to start at 5am today. Yeah. I like the freedom. Yeah. How do you feel like you've grown like since obviously because actually correct me if i'm wrong did you ever think that you would start a business did you was that a goal of yours no did you think that you would enjoy it i didn't i sound silly but i didn't even (laughs) 
think of it. Yeah. Like, I think I always knew I'd have an unconventional job because an yeah. actress, you work contracts and you mm. go away. And yeah. And then my my boss wanted me to take over the company that mm. I worked for. He was oh, like, I want okay. you to be the MD. And I was like, wow. Sorry to ruin, <laughs> you turned down sorry to ruin your dream. Yeah, I did. I was like, sorry to ruin your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, he's like, you sure you still don't want to do it? <laughs> um, but I didn't, even when I started mm. doing what I was doing and it started to pick up, and I was like, oh, brands kind of want to work with me. It still took like two years really of self-employed, part-time mm. self-employed life for me to be like, oh, this, I think this is a business. Mm. This is actually a thing that I need to do. Yeah. There's really been, yeah, I, I didn't, I never thought that I would be run, running a business, but I just always knew that it'd be something unconventional. Yeah. Wow. Well, running a business is unconventional. Yeah. Thinking, I mean, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to stay in a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. How are you finding like this? the hustle culture because <laughs> you understand what i mean yeah. right yeah they kind of say it's a bit toxic but i don't know what, what, what like how are you finding it yourself from your experience from my yeah. experience i think it's a it's a funny one because you've got like toxic hustle culture mm -hmm. where it's like monetize every single hobby you have <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like <laughs> everything is money time is money yeah. and it's all like and you're like, oh God, I should be working all the time. And I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't attach a lot of my productivity, mm. my self-worth to productivity. Mm. Like, and I think yeah. a lot of people probably do. Yeah. That's a lesson I've had to learn. Okay. Like, A, when I'm not working, so when I'm reading, when I'm doing a podcast, when mm. I'm chatting with friends, when I'm whatever, that stuff is still yeah. important for me as a business owner. Mm. Even though I might not be producing tangible work, like creating content, yeah. sending out proposals, mm. delivering one-to-ones. Yeah. And I think the hustle side of it, it's really, you really need to understand and get to know why you want money. Mm. For me, money is all about freedom of choice mm. and being able to, so like the kind of peace of mind security part and travel is a huge thing for me. Like I mm. want to be able to travel a lot. Yeah. I want to, I want to dial out. I've gone to every country. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's my why. Okay. So for me being in hustle culture, I'm not just chasing the money. I'm chasing what money gives me. Yeah. And I feel like that's helped me have a better relationship mm. with it. Okay. But I do think you have to be really careful not to get sucked in. Yeah. That's a good point because you're right. Because <laughs> it's because you're deciding your own day, right? You've got, you've got 12 hours. Let's say you've got 12 hours in a day, right? Seven of them, you make money. Yeah. The other five, you're like, I could have been making money. What am I, why am I sitting here? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? Just calculating it. And you're thinking, I'm losing. You see, you think, you calculate it as you're losing money. Yeah. Every, every minute day. you're not working, yeah. you're not making money. Yeah. But actually, all of those other things that you yeah. do outside of your yeah. working hours, mm. lean into how good of a business owner you can be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they are actually really important pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never, I've never actually spoken about that that side. That's yeah. That's you got to be very, 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 very careful yeah, about you've that. You got to right? be intentional. Yeah, you've got to be intentional with yeah. your time and about know, your why. Yeah, yeah, about your why and about like, yeah, your why, what your north star is. Mm. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I just want money. Some people really are just like money focused. <laughs> Some people are super money focused. It's crazy, right? But then it's like, okay, let's. This is what I would do as a coach, right? Like, let's get un let's get underneath that. But why? Mm. What is it you want? Is it because mm. some people they want to be able to like have status? They want to use yeah. money to get status. They want to buy luxury stuff. They want to be bougie. They want it to you to see their wealth. Yeah. It's like, okay, do you want that because you want it for yourself, or because you got an abandonment wound as a child and you mm. want to be loved? So therefore, you're trying to get it from externally, mm. like. It runs yeah. so deep. Yeah. And that's why I love it because I love the financial psychology side wow. of it. That's and crazy. people don't give it enough thought. Mm. 
Yeah. Let's stay, let's stay on that topic because um, we talked a little bit about it, about relationship with money, right? And, you know, sometimes when people think of money, sometimes some people think they, they feel happy. Mm-hmm. Other times, maybe stressed, maybe sad. I guess, how does that, like, association with your feelings towards money and money kind of, how does that kind of happen? So I think most of the time people think that money is practical, logical, numbers, Mm. math, spreadsheets. But actually money is really emotional Mm. and all of the decisions that we make about money come from a place of emotion. Mm. So the way that it works is you have a thought or your language, the way you speak or the way you think, that creates an emotion within your body, negative or positive. And it's the emotion Mm. that drives the behaviour. Okay. And then obviously if the behaviour is repeated a lot, that's Mm. your reality right that's your life wow so usually we make a decision from a place of emotion and then we justify it with logic and the emotional side of it is it taps into it's like you we all have our own money story so Mm. like what happened to you when you were a child and your money mindset is essentially just your unique set of attitudes and beliefs towards money Mm. that drives how you save spend and invest yeah but it all comes from emotion Mm. So, and if you think about it, money in itself mm. is not inherently good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just Nothing. the me. It's yeah, it's the meaning that we as humans choose to attach yeah. to it. And when you can recognize that, you can actually then start to change how you behave with it. People who are successful with money, enjoy money, feel good about money. It comes from having a good relationship with it. Yeah, because you have some people. I have I have some clients, or I've met with people mm. who have insane amounts of money you know maybe they're on like really high salaries and yet they still feel stressed Mm. they still maybe don't have anything to show for excess spending it or they do and they still Mm. don't feel secure so it's not what you have it's how you feel about what you have Mm. and the emotion behind that okay wow (laughs) and i was gonna ask you actually like if you've had clients that experience that that's quite quite interesting because i think a lot of people also think that in there's there's this mindset where somebody if they don't have a lot of money they're then wishing for more money and then they're stressed about it and they say okay if only i had more money i would be happy i would be whatever x right (laughs) i know that's i know that's a quite a difficult kind of concept or is a bit of a loaded question but in those kind of situations is that the right way to think about things so I guess I would say taking out people that are in positions where their basic needs are not being met, right? Mm. Like they literally can't afford to pay for food or mm. like heating. Taking that group of people out of it because mm. obviously there is a systemic issue involved there. Mm. With the people that have a job, they have money, but they're like, I need more. Like I'm mm. spending it all. I'm not, it's not, I'm not making ends meet. You know, like I'm not even getting to do all of the things I want to do and save. And they just go, I need more money. Mm. I always say how you spend £10 is how you spend £10,000. How you manage a small amount is how you're going to manage a large amount. So Mm. if you can't get good financial habits in place with a small amount of money, if you have more money, you're going to find a way to spend it. You'll (laughs) just have bigger bills, right? You'll have bigger bills. You'll shop at more expensive shops. There's always going to be something. So I always like it's worth going. If that's you and you're like, I just need more money. It's like, ask yourself first, do you have all of your financial like ducks in a row? Yeah. Are you, and it sounds silly, but are you, can you say, yeah, every month I sit down and I look at my money. I make sure I have enough to pay my bills. I put a small amount towards an emergency fund, mm. five pounds. Mm. 
I am aware of what my long-term and short-term goals are. I'm mindful of my spending. Mm -hmm. If you can say all of those things and you go, okay, now I need more money to level up. Mm. Great. You've done all of the the foundational stuff and you focus on how to attract more wealth, getting a higher, you know, getting a bigger pay rise, Mm. changing jobs, building a business, whatever that looks like. But if you are just going, I need more money and I go, okay, tell me where your money's going now. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, that's where we start. (laughs) So it's like asking, you've got to get really honest with yourself. Yeah. Because that's yeah. everyone's go-to. I need more money. Who doesn't yeah. want more money? Uh, yeah, always people always saying they need more money. That's interesting. And so with, with your clients, I guess, a lot. it seems like a lot of the situations are they don't really understand their current situation. And then they're thinking that if they increase it, like you said, without looking under the hood, it's the situation's going to change and it's not really going to change, right? Yeah, because they're not going to yeah. know what to do with it. Yeah. They'll get more money. It's called like lifestyle creep, right? Yeah. It's like how many people yeah. get a pay rise and then go, I didn't really feel the effects of it. But then when you look back through their money, they've upgraded everything. Uh, everything's upgraded. Everything. And you've not yeah. noticed because let's say you've gone from like a £40 gym to a £70 gym, <laughs> right? You're like 30 you quid. be doing that. 30 quid, what's yeah. 30 quid? But if you do that in every area... Mm. It's like nearly 100% increase. And of course that money's going to go. Yeah. So it's like knowing it's having a handle on the numbers. It's getting to know like who is driving your financial car. Is it you yeah. or is it money? Yeah. I love that. So, you know, linked to that limiting beliefs, right? Like, so in terms of your clients, right? What sort of limiting beliefs have you heard some of them say? Uh, so I think... There's loads of, there's so many different, like everyone is so individual. Mm. It's like you have ones that I had, which mm. were like, money doesn't, money isn't easy to make. It's hard okay. to make, it's hard to earn, mm. you know, it's hard to hold on to. And this idea around like money management and people's own relationship with it, right? Like I'm not good at managing money. I don't know what I'm doing with money. I don't know what I should be doing. I'm never going to be good with money. I'm always going to be in debt. So you've got the ones where people assume that they don't have the capabilities to change their situation. Mm. And then like different ones around money itself. So these can be quite societal beliefs, like money makes you greedy, money makes you evil, money makes you selfish, which ironically hurts nobody but yourself. I'm a massive believer that money is an amplifier. Mm. So it's just going to amplify more of who you are as a person. Yeah. If you are a really nice, generous person and you get more money, what do you think you're going to do? You're probably, probably donate, give, yeah. help people, build schools, all yeah, that sort of stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Whereas if you're a bit of an asshole <laughs> and you get more money, unfortunately, you're probably just, it's just going to make you a bit more of an asshole. Yeah. We can't stop that. And the, and I think the worst thing in society is that a lot of the time, these people that shouldn't have more money are going for more money, getting it. And then people go, oh, see, money makes you, a, <laughs> money makes you greedy or evil. And it's like, hang on. <laughs> if you focused on making more and you, you could do more good in the yeah. world if that's what you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 there's so many different th- mm. things around it, but it's a, it usually either around like money itself inherently not being something they want or it's not something good yeah. or someone not having the capabilities to manage, make, mm. enjoy, grow mm. their money. Yeah. How does someone change that mindset though? Like what are some of the things that they can do to have more of a, I guess, an abundance mindset and think that they can attract money, let's say? Yeah, so I think that... When it comes to changing your mindset, basically mm-hmm. the way that it works is your money beliefs are usually set by the age of seven, okay, which is very young. 
because basically between the ages of zero to seven, your brain waves are at a different state. Mm. So anything that you learn, anything that you hear, anything you pick up on, you just believe to be true. Now as adults, we'll be like, don't know if I believe that right you like have an analytical mind but those ages you don't have your analytical mind so you're taking everything in to be true so usually by age seven that's kind of it yeah then throughout your teenage and like years and your adolescent years you're behaving in a way whereby your brain is looking for evidence to reinforce what you believe yeah so by the time you kind of get to an adult, those things are so set in stone. However, our brains are made of like our brains have neuroplasticity, which basically means they can change. Okay. They absolutely can change. It's about creating new neural pathways because when things become a habit, good or bad, we do something on like autopilot, right? Yeah, we do it automatically. That's true. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is become self-aware. So like acknowledge what is going on and really get under the hood of like, what are my beliefs about money? What is my relationship with money like? How do I feel about money? And what happened to me when I was younger that maybe made this way? Yeah. Maybe made me this way. When you, what, like awareness is step one, because if you don't know what the problem is, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And then it's a matter of the way you kind of reprogram your subconscious or change your beliefs about money or anything yeah. is changing your language. Like language is so powerful. It's wild. It like is. Our words it are is. Literally it's bad. crazy. It's wild. Like yeah. it has such an impact. So changing your language to yourself and to other people. And I'm like, you don't have to wake up in the mirror and be like, I'm rich, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> because your your brain and body will be like, babe, you got £10 in your bank account. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> but you have to, basically what you want is your words to align with the yeah. right feeling. So you might say like, I'm learning to be better with money. Or um, I'm, I'm, good, I'm a good saver. It doesn't have to be this wild thing that you're telling yourself. It can be more yeah. something that you're leaning into. Okay. So changing your language becoming really aware of what's going on and then anything to do like you basically need to take action mm -hmm. i think a lot of the time people think they can sit and like change the language and then things will just get better it's like no 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 you have to like put the time into dating your money having a relationship with money like mm -hmm. giving it the quality time it needs and setting up systems that allow you to spend save and invest in a way yeah. that works for you yeah wow brilliant answer sorry <laughs> That's crazy. You know what you said when you said dating? I was like, oh, that is very true. And marrying money. <laughs> it literally is. You have a relationship with money. It's, it's, you know, money is such an interesting thing because I feel like, it, it, like you said, it, it really promotes so many different types of feelings. Like we spoke mm -hmm. about it, guilt. We we spoke about happiness. We mm -hmm. spoke about stress. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned actually in your own story as well that, um, you, you know, you felt guilty, right? So I feel like people can feel guilty in two ways. I don't want to ask you a question about this, right? How, okay, in the first way, right? How do you stop feeling guilty if you're bad with money? Mm-hmm. Because that's 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 a situation where some people might have looked inwards. They know they're bad with money, and they it's just a guilt thing. But then they kind of just continue sliding down. Yeah, and it's like just a uh, you know, how, like how do you stop yourself from feeling guilty and maybe start thinking positively about that? So I guess the feeling it, it's a it's self sabotage, right? Mm. You do something bad with money because yeah. your brain some is convinced you you're not good enough with it. So mm. therefore, your behavior is going to align mm. with that. Then what follows that is the feeling of guilt. Oh God, I'm not good with money. Knew it, 
knew I was, oh, I feel so bad. It keeps you quiet. It keeps you small. Mm. keeps you from like leveling up. Mm. That feeling then makes you continue to back bad, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like that cycle. So I guess the first thing is like acknowledging what is it that I want? Mm. Do I want to be better with money? Yeah. Or, you know, you, it's, you have to get to a point where you're like, oh my God, I can't deal with this anymore. Like you have to be so sick of yourself. You're like, I've got to change. <laughs> and the the guilt is a byproduct of the behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can put things in place, small things, it could it could literally be, right, normally I'm really bad with money because I always go over budget. Yeah. Okay. Look at it on a practical level and be like, am I actually even giving myself enough? Maybe the reason why, maybe I'm setting myself up for a loss. Mm. I'm trying to save 50% of my paycheck and then I'm dipping into it and then I feel bad. Like really get under the hood of what is actually going on Mm. because the guilt of being bad with money looks so different for everybody, but the guilt doesn't, doesn't help you. And you Mm. have, you, I always say you cannot guilt and shame yourself into better behaviors. You have to love yourself there. Like this is an act of Mm self-love. Me being better with my money is so much better for me. Whereas like, it's a bit like exercise. Like if you mm. guilt and shame yourself, like, oh my God, you fat bitch, like get off the sofa. <laughs> you're gonna, like, it's not, it's not gonna make you feel good. Oh, Do you know what I mean? That is crazy. <laughs> no, it's true. You can't guilt your, yourself into better. It's not a healthy it's way. It's not healthy. It doesn't promote, and it's not sustainable, is it? Right? It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people do. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. People swear. Yeah, people swear. Someone swear yesterday. Swear <laughs> you don't swear that. This is your first time, though. It's not that bad. God. Do you swear a lot? I don't know. I do in general I swear life. sometimes. Not on the podcast, but I swear here and there. Like sometimes in certain situations, if Arsenal's losing, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a sentence in answer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, amazing answer. So, okay, on the flip side, though, of obviously feeling, you know, guilty if you're bad with money, bad with money. On the flip side, if you want more money, mm-hmm. there's guilt there too, right? Because you may not feel comfortable. Firstly, you may not feel comfortable speaking mm-hmm. about money around people. And if you do, people might make you feel like, oh, you're selfish, you're greedy, saying all these kind of terms because you want more money. Mm-hmm to do whatever you want to do. I guess in that kind of situation, how do you, again, how do you stop yourself from feeling guilty to wanting more money? So I guess the first thing I would say is if you're really clear on your intention and why you want money, if if you want it for a bad reason, then shame on you. You should should feel guilty. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But if, if you know your why... yeah then your own guilt towards desiring more money, that's 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 its own thing, right? Like if you yeah. go, I want more money because I want to travel more. I want to do, I want to be able to look after my kids. I want to be able to not have to work. Like whatever your reason is, you are, you are worthy of having that reason. And if you have other people l- looking at you through their lens of their own money beliefs, mm-hmm. that's on them, Yeah, right? It's this big thing around like people pleasing and like, what are they going to think of me and what what's so-and-so? And it is hard if you're raised in a family that have certain ideas around money. If you're in a friendship group where people don't talk mm. highly of money, like it can be hard if you're the one breaking away from the mould and going, do you know what? I actually really would like more money. Like, oh, you know, that's... It's, it's the same again. Like that guilt is doesn't serve you. Mm. You have to know that you are inherently worthy of having money. Everybody is. If somebody chooses to lean into that or not, 
that's on them. And it's like looking, slaying in your own lane, like going back to your own thing and being like, what's my mission? Why do I want this? How's this going to enhance my life? And when it does, like sometimes it can then help the people around you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, there's so many different beliefs. Like I've got a whole episode on, um, desiring wealth and like why it's shamed upon and like why you shouldn't be ashamed of it because there's nothing wrong with wanting money. It's funny because everybody wants it. <laughs> it's like this a little lot of people dirty don't admit secret. It. Everybody wants it in a way. When I say everybody wants it, I don't mean everybody wants to be a billionaire, but everybody wants it to a certain part where yeah. it's comfortable within their means. Yeah. They're able to do whatever they yeah. can and they don't have to worry about yeah. it. I think we can all kind of agree. We all want to get to that level, yeah. right? So it's, it's funny that you say that like people do shame it because they do. Because yeah. when you get to a certain level of wealth, um, you now start looking at those people. You start like attaching associations to people you don't even know. You yeah. don't even know who they are, but they, this bad person, they this or whatever. Yeah. And you don't even personally know them, but just because they've got extra zeros on their account, they, they've got the freedom. You're like, you're a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, isn't it funny? Like pe- relationships and people are mirrors. Hmm. Every relationship or friendship or person that you meet yeah. I truly believe they are a mirror and they it's an opportunity for you to learn yeah. if you're getting triggered by something if you see something that somebody has and it makes you jealous mm. don't get angry at the jealousy go oh hang on a minute I'm feeling jealous maybe that's because I want what they have I can have what they want what they have so how do I go about doing that mm. use it as data yeah if you yourself are starting to work on your relationship with money make more money and you're doing it in a in a way that just is for you yeah if you have other people like Shame on you, blah, 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 blah. That's on them. Mm. Like, I'm sorry that you have a poor relationship with money. Like, that's <laughs> on you. Because a lot of, it's that classic thing of uh, who's the brokest. Mm. And I think it happens a lot with like students, right? Oh my God, I've only got 32 pounds in my bank account. Yeah. Well, I've only got a tenner. And it's like, cool. And like, uh, it, we're tribal beings. Mm. We want to be accepted. We want to be involved. We 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 can't, you know, we don't want to be kicked out of a community, yeah. whatever community that is. So it can be hard if you feel like it feels like a threat if you have yeah. people coming at you for something you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I'm I'm a very big believer that that you there is no shame in wanting more money. Mm. You don't have to want to be a millionaire. If you do, cool. If you want to have be on a hundred k salary, cool. Mm. Like. It's not. It's it's always. It's never about the money. It's about what the money can give you and how you feel about yourself. Yeah. So I think yeah, getting that's why all of any work that I do with one to one clients is like so emotional. Yeah. People be crying all the time. Really. Yeah. Gosh. All the time. Crying because is crying because of the, their situation or no, like okay. things they unlock. Yeah. So okay. as a coach, you know, you you question. Yeah. Why why that? What happened? Yeah. When did that? You know, mm. and like I'll give an example. I had a client who was on like hundred thousand. Mm. She was American, so she was on like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Loads of debt, no savings, no investments. Didn't own her house. She had a couple of kids. You know, she was in a situation where she was like, "I should have more money. Mm. I just can't stop spending." I can't stop. So we like uncovered some stuff. And really what we uncovered was like when she was younger, she got bullied at school and felt so unworthy. All the things we, what we realized is everything that she was buying was to make herself feel better about herself. She bought right. a lot of like beauty products and like fashion. She never wore or used. And we, she was, when she had that moment where she was like, oh my God, it's big from, or that, that had a really big impact on me. Mm. And now money is the thing that I, 
use as like my vice to kind of help me with my self-worth. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for you to like improve your own sense of self-worth mm. outside of money. Yeah. You've got to look inwards. Wow. Wow. Deep. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that she's feeling better. Yes. And with the discovery, she's working on it. Yes. Because um, you're absolutely right. There are so many things we do and we just don't question it. Yeah. Like you're saying, like um, the whole... And again, there's, there's also another fl- flip side to what you're saying. There's another world where that person could actually enjoy buying stuff because they love it. There's that too, right? Um, so yeah, it's very, 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 very oh, interesting. Yeah, 100%. And I think also like when I'm a big believer that emotion basically gets trapped in your body. Yeah, it gets tra- If you ever have a strong memory about something or a quite a vivid memory, it's usually because there's a strong emotion attached yeah. to it. Whether that emotion is like pure fucking joy mm. or embarrassment or like we all remember our embarrassing stories or the times where we, you know, like really <laughs> random things. Like, and if I ever say to somebody like, what's your earliest memory of mm. money? Like, what's yours? I don't even, earliest memory? That you can, it, the have, only have memory I know of money is me getting money at a birthday party and it being locked in the draw by my mom that's <laughs> it that's all that's the earliest i can remember right but that yeah. that in itself is yeah. like there'll be emotion attached yeah. to that the fact that it was locked away like mm. what does that mean and this is all subconscious yeah. like my thing was because i don't eat sweets because i don't like sugar mm. i was obsessed with chips <laughs> like chip shop chips <laughs> really obsessed still am yeah it's my vice um and i remember i would like do some housework mum would give me like one pound coin i'd walk myself up to the shop i'd get myself a little cone of chips i'd like come back down but it was joyous Mm. i really remember that yeah but on the flip side one of my other earliest memories of money is bailiff coming to our door and being like we're we need to repossess some shit because the mortgage hasn't been Mm. paid and i was like I was like 11, I think. Two very contrasting mm. things. But I remember them because there's a strong emotion attached yeah. to both of them. It's wow. data. Like, it's more just go, oh, maybe that has an impact on why I do X mm. or why I do X. Yeah. Now, I'm a big believer of looking into the past and yeah. understanding why you do stuff. But there's only so much you need to go into the past. Like, it's cool yeah. to know. Like, what, what, what happened with your parents? What happened with your childhood? But then it's about going, what do I want for the future? Yeah. What is going to move the needle for me to improve my own, like, financial situation? Wow. That is that is epic. That is epic. And I was wondering as well, obviously, <laughs> cost of living crisis, we've been hearing it. It's, it seems to be getting worse every year. I guess, are you seeing with, you know, the people... That not only you're coaching, but obviously you're you're going to companies as well, and I'm sure a lot of people come and and speak to you about it. Are you seeing what what are you seeing actually? Let me keep that as an open question. What are you actually seeing with like the people that you're coaching? Is that something that's having an impact on them, their mood, everything? Mm. Yeah, I definitely think there's higher levels of stress and anxiety. But the common theme isn't people, funnily enough, isn't people's financial situation. Mm. So I, I feel feel the crunch or the cosy mm. lives. You know, I'm going to Sainsbury's, I'm filling up my basket and I'm like, yeah. what do you mean that's 40 quid? I've got like three things, right? <laughs> I'm feeling it. But because I have a level of financial education and confidence, mm. I know kind of yeah. what to do. You know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. That's not going to put me in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. People that are coming to me stressed and anxious about money some of them are in a situation where like, you know, we lay out the numbers and we're like, yeah, you're going to, for the short term, you're going to have to make some changes because you're not making ends meet. So it's practical yeah. and the stress is warranted. 
Then you have some people who are really stressed and anxious about money. But when I sit down and go through their money with them, they've got 50K in savings <laughs> and they've got a stable job and they've got, and it, you know, all the things. And it proves it's not about what you have. It's about mm-hmm. how you feel about what you yeah. have. Cause that that's the so key. funny. It's, 50K, it's, is he, uh, uh, are they serious? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they're like, well, I can't touch that. And I'm like, you can if you need to. Right. But because there's <laughs> such an emotional connection to yeah. it. It's like, this is for security. Okay. This is a time where you need that security. And they're like, and light bulb moment. They were like, oh my God. You know, they're the things yeah. that you learn. <laughs> yeah. In the this, yeah. The alarm bells are ringing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, oh yeah. That's what I've actually got it for. Yeah. And I love it. I love, I love, love, love seeing clients have like light bulb moments yeah. where things click for them. But yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely would say it's, it's just causing higher levels of, people's stress and anxiety and like the fear mongering that goes on in the news don't even get started i actually don't read the news too much because i'm like do not need too much negativity Mm. i don't need to know every single day what inflation is at yeah me too i don't like i don't even really follow it yeah 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 but if you're a news reader or you know you're getting that information of course it's going to be putting your like nervous system out of whack you're gonna be like everything's falling to shit (laughs) And I'm going to not be okay. And it's like, you're okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. You just got to figure yeah. things out. You, I feel like you have to, like you said, um, I think sometimes, I think we just got to let go of certain stuff. Yeah. You know? Do I you think mean maybe, like, like financially, like commitments? Or? Yeah, even with like, when we spent, again, you know, caveating for the people who really can't afford yeah. to make ends meet. If you're like, for me, and again, I'm not doing the whole avocado toast because I'm not on that, no. you know, the whole yeah. homeowner stuff, not yeah. on that. But I just mean like generally, like if it's like, imagine like, there's some people they'll they'll say, oh, they can't make ends meet and then they had a pub every day or yeah. they had a bar every day. And you're like, yes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Mm-hmm. Like, I think oh, people you know? don't like yeah. the fact that your finances are not do not have a linear trajectory yeah. right they, it doesn't just go every single year you make a bit more you save a bit more yeah. you slowly build wealth it would be lovely if that was the case yeah. but you you know you got, come out of uni maybe you get a good job but then maybe you want to change careers so you have to take a pay, pay cut then you manage to yeah. get a job with commission but then you have a child you know like it's yeah. literally like yeah. a cosy lives happen there's only so much you can do mm. about that so it's going what's in my control and mm. what can I change yeah if you have to make short-term changes to your financial situation, knowing that it's yeah. short-term, knowing that it's temporary, that doesn't mean that you're making a lack of progress. It mm. means that you're just being smart with your mm. money. And I think people have the assumption that I just want money so that I can have freedom mm. and I don't have to worry about what I'm spending, what I'm, yeah. all of that. I don't want to have to have a budget. Yeah. And I'm like, rich people have budgets. <laughs> it's just that those budgets do. have more money in yeah. it. Do you know what it's I mean? Like bigger, bigger budgets. Yeah. yeah. Like they might go to like the Bahamas and hire out the whole <laughs> island, but they're still, you know, probably saying to their holiday planner, like yeah. I've got a budget of a hundred K as mm. opposed to like, okay. <laughs> yeah. They still have a budget. And I mm. think it's this idea of like having more money doesn't mean you get rid of all financial like responsibilities. Mm. You just have more to play with. And I think that, in something like a cosy lives would you not rather make some small sacrifices for a short period of time to help your own mental health and obviously there's a balance right because if you never if you go to the pub all the time and then you suddenly stop going and you don't see your friends yeah social yeah. interactions are really yeah. important yeah. but like can you go to the pub once instead of like 10 times you yeah. know like it's just finding <laughs> exactly. those places yeah and yeah. i'm a big i'm like not one of those coaches that tell people to like cut out their oat milk lattes yeah mainly because i get myself <laughs> I like i'm spending four intense. pounds on, on a coffee every single day yeah but it's asking yourself, what do I value? Yeah. 
So for me, I value travel, education and health. Mm. So anything that kind of falls into those remits, I'm mm. they're my priority for spending. Yeah. Anything outside of that, it's not that I don't spend on that, mm. but I go, okay, where is this falling in like yeah. if my month, if I've got a busy month and I think I'm going to have quite an expensive month, mm. it's just about being mindful. Yeah. Whilst money can be an unlimited resource and you can, you know, have as much as you want if you work hard and you make mm. it, you still have to work with what yeah. you've got. Yeah. You know? Love that. Love that. It's been an amazing conversation. I've learned so much from you. <laughs> learned so much. And it's been um so insightful because I feel like we're at a time where I think it's very important, as you say, with the negative. I feel like the negative news just keeps on getting worse mm. and worse and worse. I thought we was already at the height of it, yeah. but it's just it's keeps not getting going. any better. Yeah, it's not getting any better, right? Um so I think we're at a point where it's good to have these kind of conversations to actually understand yourself outside, like you said, mm -hmm. outside of the actual wanting to earn more money or, you know, worrying about your actual situation, actually understand who you are as a person and what makes you tick in relation to, to, to money. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing conversation. What, what have you got planned next for yourself? So I want to make the podcast bigger and better. Okay. That's kind of one of the plans for next year. Um, I, I'm really passionate about helping women to invest and build mm -hmm. wealth. So that's going to be a big thing for me next year. Yeah. Um, and I ran my first ever like live in-person event this year. Oh, wow. You hosted it? Yeah. Oh. In, it was over summer. How did I miss that? It's a great question. It, I, I did it over. I missed that. Well, I did it over. It was like um, it was like small, intimate group, like kind of live coaching money experience okay. as okay. opposed to like wow. a big panel event. Wow. It was really cool. That's cool. I would, yeah. I would love to do another one of those yeah. as well. Wow. So, so you got some big plans 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Thank you. We're watching out for that. Reshare. Um, and if people want to, you know, find out more about what you do, um, connect with you, where, where can they find you? So I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and it's Laura Ann Moore. Um, and then I have my podcast, which is Mind Money Soul. And then I have my website, which is www.mindmoneysoul.co.uk. Amazing, amazing. Really appreciate you coming down and sharing wisdoms and also sharing us uh, insights into like the conversations that you're having um, with your clients because it really brings, it sheds light on, on the conversation as well. And it also allows people to think that, you know what, I'm not alone, right? Mm -hmm. Even if I'm earning less than 100K, <laughs> even people 100K yeah. still worry about these things so it's not necessarily the money like like you were saying so i think it really you know brings that topic to life mm. um do you have any final words for the watchers and listeners i mean i think just off the back of that like more money does not equal more happiness it can do if you know how to use your money but financial well-being and education is important first and then you can utilize money in in the right way so yeah let's uncover what your money beliefs are get in touch with your money have money dates and then we can make more money. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Thank you so much, Laura. Appreciate you coming on. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. And we'll see you next week's episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.